You guys, what are we going to do about Kristen Cavallari? It's Glass Bricks this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How's your teen? How you doing over there? Um, oh, when you said, how's your teen? I thought you were meant like my teenage daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, how's Abigail? Oh, terrible. I hate her. I hate my teenage daughter. <laughs> Eight rules for hating my teenage daughter. There might be uh, eight simple rules to dating my teenage daughter, but are there eight simple rules to um, uh, building any types of uh, brick? Oh, perhaps if it involves some sort of glass blowing, then you put oh, the two together. Wow. There we my, my goodness. Is that simple? <laughs> Oh my god, the seg alert is going off. We should bring in our guest. That was uh, a really good segue. That was that was, very that, organic. That yeah, that didn't uh that didn't need to go through leaps and bounds at all. Uh no, you know <laughs> Let me bring her in. You know her from the podcast Night Call. Please welcome Molly Lambert. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks for being for here. Being here. Uh, or you know, and being... by here we mean comfortably at home. Yeah, exactly. I thought I thought the seg alert was great. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Well, I love when, I love when they do the seg alert. I still don't really know what the seg is for, but you know, on the traffic news when they're oh, like, oh yeah, seg the alert. Seg alert. Uh, but also that thing where they've made the Empire State Building into like a siren. Did you see that? No, no. a couple of days ago. Oh, people in New York were posting it like. This is the worst thing possible to do. It was like they were trying, that was their response. It was like, it's an emergency. So we're going to turn the Empire State Building LED thing into just like a red siren going around. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not like we need to s- notify anybody. It, it, do right? you think that like a- another country is going to be like, uh oh? They're trying to get Batman. <laughs> <laughs> There's just boats coming into the harbor that have been at sea for too long. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, this means trouble's happening. Like, how could anybody (laughs) not know? And why would they want to be reminded in this way? That just seems like such a a terrible way to remind every citizen, hey, you know that terrible thing that you're going through? Here it is. Real big and bright. If I live in New York and it's already an epicenter and I'm already, you know, living on a heightened sense of alert. And then I look out the window to see an alarm going off on the Statue of Liberty. My thought as a civilian would be, fuck, now what? The yeah. Statue, well, not on the Statue of Liberty, the, the Empire State Building. Same idea. Empire St- Same idea. Yes. But- it would be even scarier if like the Statue <laughs> If the Statue of Liberty's head just started spinning around. That's what I was going to say. If the Statue of Liberty suddenly started glowing red, I would be legit. I would. uh, That's the moment where you go, okay, we are now in an alien movie of some kind. Yeah. I think it's Ghostbusters. Why did I think Statue of Liberty? Because they're two New York icons. But yeah, yeah, New York people were like, hey, we already know that we're in a disaster right now. This is just like incredibly stressful. But it's also one of those things where you're like, 
guess the city was like, let's spend money on this LED display. And people were just like, can we get more ventilators? That would be cool. I would love this a does face nothing. mask. Yeah, just like this does nothing but stress people out more. Yeah, I would, I would love my rent to not be owed. Right, yeah. totally. That's what people were definitely saying too. They were like, hey, this doesn't help, but you know what would help? A rent freeze. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're no good at it in LA either. It seems as if, uh, I think we all kind of live in the same area of Los Angeles and it would seem that specific councilmen are in the pocket of big landlord and don't seem to be doing anything productive about putting a rent freeze on, which is very, very, very annoying. The council people in LA all are landlords, which is why they are in the pocket of big landlord. Because they are, they are BL, they are big landlord. BLE, yeah, big landlord energy. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, also noticed that construction hasn't stopped at all on anything, which is really disconcerting. It's like, yeah. the, like people are still building houses, which seems like the most unnecessary thing for people to do right now. But I'm also yeah, like, construction oh. is, is still considered essential, as is uh, landscaping. Um, so yeah, there's still people out there. Right. And it's making sure that our target husk gets finished. (laughs) Right. That just seems like putting working class people at such an unnecessary risk so that things can like continue as scheduled, you know? But also it's like people need work, so they're desperate. And I understand why people like will do that because everybody needs money right now. But yeah. It's, it's definitely you know, there's definitely a, a complex issue. Well, but then I, I was we like, all agree we need to ta- we need that target. Yeah. Well, speaking of building buildings, be do be do. Hey, you got it. You understand. Uh, <laughs> so today's topic is glass bricks, or uh, I guess you could also refer to them as like glass blocks. Um, Molly, why do you know that? Because uh, I just got really obsessed with them a few years ago. My brother and I, we grew up in Los Angeles and we lived in like Hollywood in the 80s and then the Valley in the 90s. But like we both have a lot of shared memories of buildings with a lot of glass bricks in them and of glass bricks as being like the signifier of wealth of a certain time period and then becoming sort of the tacky thing people think of as tacky but I love them. So I just started documenting them everywhere I saw them obsessively. And I learned all about them. I ended up writing a thing for the New York Times about it. That was about my obsession with them and how it like took over my life completely. I almost bought a wall of them from the LA Athletic Center when it was demolished. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Yeah, they were doing auctions, like big item auctions at the the LA, at the sports center, whatever it was called, the sports arena, the LA sports arena, where I like had seen shows, I'd seen a bunch of concerts there, but they also just had these glass bricks. And I saw there was a auction site for the remnants of the arena. And it was like, you could buy like a wall for $10. So I was like, great, I'll do it. You should, uh. Well, I tried to do it and then they were like, okay, you'll need to bring your own equipment to like tear it out of the sports center. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, and yeah, it, I guess that's probably part of it. <laughs> it weighs like 5,000 pounds, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I can't actually do this, but following through this much is good enough. 
This is very and different I, from the time I was a child and my mother decided that the best way to teach me how to ride a bike would not be to actually purchase a bicycle, but to buy one from a police auction for like $2 and then realized- <laughs> I mean, we, why not? It's, it's true. She was she was just being thrifty. Uh, so we, me and my sister ended up with very, very rusty bikes for like $2 each. And that's when we realized they didn't really fit in the trunk. So we had to figure out some sort of, I don't, I don't, entirely remember because I was young. It was some sort of twine situation, but I remember driving with these rusty bikes sticking out of the trunk, hearing them like clank in the back thinking, oh no, these are going to fall out and we'll have spent a grand total of $4 and now I won't even <laughs> yeah. have a bike at the end of it. Um, She should have just made you ride them home <laughs> from the police auction. We didn't know how to ride bikes. The whole point was they were learner bikes. <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. If if I had tried to Again, ride it home. how better to learn how to ride a bike than <laughs> the necessity of getting home from a police option? I, th- I totally thought that's what this was going to be. It was going to be like a vision quest where your mom's like, now figure out how to now find your way home. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be a woman at the end. She would have pulled that shit, quite frankly. Um I just have a I have a vision of you at the sports arena having to go through a similar thing where you have like one large brick and you're it's like being at Ikea when you buy something and realize it won't fit in your car and you're like, well, shit, how, what am I supposed to do now? I need this dresser, but it won't fit yeah. in my car. At the same time, I was like, that is a lot of stuff for $10. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? To be fair, these glass bricks were in the locker room, so <laughs> they probably had like decades of gym sweat, a professional uh, athlete sweat just like caked on. So they weren't, they would also have been more of a sentimental item than a practical design choice. If those glass bricks could talk. <laughs> <laughs> not, not on Lifetime though. It's on Oxygen. They'd talk locker room talk. They, uh, all the naked bodies they've seen. Oh, poor things. Um, so going back to the New York Times for a second, uh, I did find, uh, your letters of recommendation that you had written, Molly, but I also found an article from 1977, and I just wanted to read you a little bit at the top, and I want to see whether this is a statement that you agree with or not. <clears throat> they are alluring and mysterious. They are bright and sparkling. They are formal, but they intimate privacy. They are glamorous glass moms plucked from the industrial and institutional design bins and placed in new residential settings. Do you think that's what glass blocks are? Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) I love the phrase glamorous glass moms. They are glamorous. Well, I love them because they actually are like we think of them now, I think, as an 80s thing because they became really popular again in the 80s and 90s as a sort of glamorous thing a, a, a rich person oh, i think thing. of them as glamorous i think of them as uh, as mystery yeah like what's on the other side they're in the porn houses you know those sort of minimalist white houses in the valley mansions with mm-hmm. glass bricks it's like a very classic style to me but they're actually an art deco thing originally and they were like a practical invention for warehouses and factories to let light in without having an opening. Yeah, they um 
I was as I was doing some research, I found some I don't want to call it conflicting info, but I was I was starting to get confused because I was seeing a lot of folks that were attributing the glass bricks and their initial 1930s popularity to uh, companies that made um, uh, brick that were involved in brick manufacturing and used high pressure production methods to fabricate uniform bricks. And then they decided to turn those into glass block, um, particularly because you had uh, uh, skywalk vaults, you had skylights. Those were kind of newer architectural uh extras that were put into homes and buildings in the thirties. But then I was seeing uh, that it goes as far back as the 1880s. Uh, So I kind of wanted to see if any of us here could uh, educate my ass on (laughs) exactly when this glass block business really started and really came to be. I think probably 1880s is correct. I think it's like as soon as you could fabricate things in a in an industrial way it's like mm-hmm. part of industrialization and part of industrialization is having people in these giant factories for the first time that are disgusting and let no light in or are dark and depressing and so this is like just a little touch to just let a little bit of sunlight in so the factory workers know what time of day it is i feel like now they wouldn't <laughs> even do that they probably yeah, no. don't have a Glass bricks and Amazon warehouses because they don't want the workers to know. No, it's like casinos. Yeah, exactly. I even think that nowadays, even just like a a a white collar office that's of notable repute, like a Google office or something, probably has. You've got like one side of windows, and then everything else is just that open floor space thing. And they put in a lot of plants to make it seem like, "Hey, isn't this fun and kitschy?" But it's it doesn't feel natural to me. Whenever I've been in a space like that, it just feels like, "Where's the light?" It feels like there's a lot of fluorescent lighting happening. Mm-hmm. I would prefer a glass block so I can actually see what the hell is happening instead of this. I think a glass block enhances everything. It's just a nice touch. I have been watching Melrose Place um, again. Are you guys Melrose Place heads? Did you ever watch Melrose Place? No, I watched the WB reboot, obviously. Not but, a bad uh, reboot. Um, no, watch I didn't the, watch, so. watch the original. It's like the greatest show in the world, um, but it's also just a very good time capsule of early 90s LA. And in the opening shot of the pilot or the opening sequence, they showed this place I hadn't thought about in a billion years that was a burger-shaped building called the Burger That Ate LA that was a amazing airbrushed building in the shape of a burger, like a programmatic building shaped like a cheeseburger. And then the burger patty part is all glass bricks. This is my dream This is home. a real building? <laughs> it's where the Starbucks is now on Melrose <laughs> across from the Urban Outfitters. I know oh, exactly what you're talking about. And I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so sad that I didn't get a chance to see this building, nor did I get to experience time inside of it because I, no. I, lo- I love a good burger and I love a good burger shape. Like the shape of a burger just brings me joy. Uh, I have a hamburger purse that I purchased in Ooh. Japan. It's oh. my pride and joy. I would love to be inside of a hamburger building. I'm going to send you a picture of it because you'll see it and you'll be, it's just like such a beautiful building. You're just like, why not make all buildings like this? Yeah. Like why not just uh, keep it like, why couldn't Starbucks just have 
a cheeseburger shaped building yeah, be right? a cheeseburger building like why not why do all buildings have to look like either buildings or shipping crates stacked on each uh, other why are those good. the two aesthetics um there used to be a building also no glass bricks but there was a hot dog stand shaped like a hot dog as well um called tail of the pup so there was like the hamburger building and the hot dog building very very magical uh, this, um, the this ho- city used to be cool yeah, right. The hot dog building was right by the Beverly Center. And I remember going there as a kid and seeing like rats running around on the patio and just being like, this is, <laughs> oh, no, this is great. No, I loved it. I was like, I'm in the city. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't no country club. This is LA. Exactly. But the good news is the hot dog is in storage and is supposed to be refurbished and put back out at some point. In the future, okay. by this group, the 1933 group, who have done a couple of other uh, building-shaped-like things. There's one in the valley that's shaped like a barrel that yes. they refurbished into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Idle Hour. Yeah, they did that. That building was sitting there for a billion years. I cannot believe it was never demolished. I am so glad it wasn't. But, yeah, there used to be a lot of these like building-shaped-like things in L.A. throughout history. So I'm glad the hot dog may return. It makes me yeah, think the, when I think about the... Was the Brown Derby here? Yeah, the Brown Derby actually is another amazing building because it is on a mini mall in Koreatown now. Do you guys know where the Boiling Crab is in Koreatown? Yes. Yes. Okay. That mall is called the Brown Derby Mall, and it's because they got the derby that was like on top of the Brown Derby is on top of this mini mall. And... It is now a Korean tapas bar called Rain Pocha that is amazing. Uh, highly recommended. Obviously, we can't go do anything anytime soon, but it's um, just a great Koreatown mini mall. Uh, and next to it is these virtual batting cages that they went to recently on Vanderpump Rules. Oh, there it is. They just Googled. That's so. That's the Derby. That's yeah. the dome. There she is. Huh. I mean, I'm just happy it's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that it's in Koreatown and that it's like a Korean bar now. It just feels very, very LA to me. Uh, and the the batting cage, the virtual batting cage, where Ariana on Vanderpump Rules went to like hit out some frustration is really cool. It's like you don't even have to play virtual baseball. You can just drink in there. But just watching people play virtual baseball is great. Well, I'd, I'd need to go I'm, to that. I'd always, I'd rather watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a golfing place once in Vegas and was just like, I think I lied and pretended it was about money just because I was like, I don't want people to watch. I can't golf. I don't want people to watch me be bad at something. I'm not going to pay money to have people watch me be bad, but I'll love to watch. <laughs> was it virtual golf or real golf? No, just real golf. And like, I'm not going to like, I'm not good at that. So why am I going to want to like pay to be bad in front of people that know what they're doing? I would honestly love a virtual golf, like putting range, not even a putting range. What's the thing where you just like chip off balls into nothingness? That always seems fun to me. Oh, like the driving range? The driving range. Yeah. A virtual driving range would actually be super fun. It could be all kinds of different background locations, like a Zoom background. 
Oh, let me tell you about driving ranges. Now we're into a architectural aesthetic I know a lot about. Uh, growing up in Michigan, driving ranges wouldn't close. They'd be like under a giant inflatable bubble half the year. So like, you just see like these giant white domes and the driving range was underneath that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Just so, so they wouldn't have to like put it up for the winter. Yeah, so that you could still like go golfing and go to the driving range in the wow. winter because it'd be under the big inflatable dome. See, these are things I've never thought about in my life. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think that they would do that for like um like every year you hear about uh Texas teenagers who start practicing football in the middle of July when it's like 100 degrees out. You'd think they'd figure out some sort of like bubble dome for football or other sports. I'm afraid we might be looking at a lot of bubble domes in the near future. Oh, God, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah. You guys may have been an innovator way ahead of your time in thinking of the <laughs> golf dome. But I think what, what you're saying about the bubble domes, it's like the glass bricks are the same for me where it's like also just that it's a nostalgic thing to me. It yeah. reminds me of the LA of my childhood. I've met other people. My friend Lisa Kwan, who's a little bit younger and who grew up in Koreatown, she also independently came to the same thing of sort of being obsessed with glass bricks in LA and, and taking pictures of them. So maybe, uh, maybe I'm not the only person who's noticed these glamorous blocks. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, here's the thing. They were very, very popular for a reason, and they seem to have gone through a few different phases. Um, as we point out before, it's like they were putting in versions of this as sort of skylights and factories. And then in the thirties through Art Deco, uh, not through Art Deco, but like they became popular during Art Deco movement. And then they had this resurgence in the eighties. Uh, and even now they seem to be kind of making a little bit of a comeback. Uh, yeah, I've seen definitely design people. They're very contentious among design people. People either love them or hate them. I think like anything where it got really overdone at a certain point and then it pulled back. It's like, I think younger people like them a lot because we haven't been through it already. They just uh, seem like, I don't know. I would have glass bricks in my house. Totally. I like a fish tank aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. I think like I have a, um, my bedroom is ground level and I kind of would love glass bricks instead of windows so that it can always have natural light and not have to worry about like curtains and people seeing inside. And stuff. Right. They're in a lot of nineties erotic thrillers because, and eighties because of the sort of like art deco redux thing too. I think that was what it was in the eighties too. It was like bringing back the art deco bricks, but there's so much you can do with them. I've learned that people on Pinterest use them as weird craft things. Somebody gave me one uh, finally, and then I accumulated a couple more individual bricks. But there are people who like put lights inside of them or do dioramas inside of them. Whoa. It's like a Pinterest. I'm just thinking of like now is people who are like, I'm bored or I'm looking for a craft. Like that is your new... I'm I'm requesting that you create you go get a glass block and you do a diorama inside of it. That will last you the entire quarantine. <laughs> Build a glass um, ship inside like it's a bottle but it's inside of a glass brick. Come on. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Send and was- your glass bricks 
photos to why do you know that pod at gmail.com. <laughs> yes. And at the end of quarantine, Nadia and I will announce judge a them. <laughs> we'll uh-huh. announce a winner. It'll be like a state. We'll fair. judge them harshly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be as harshly judged as tablescaping. the best thing was uh i had a job for a while that was on the paramount lot and we were having like for our christmas party we were just like let's just stay and walk around uh in the fake old new york set a little bit oh for sure uh and we were all walking around and we were like let's take a picture of all of us on the fake school steps and my friend leah comes like running off from the distance carrying just like armfuls of these plastic glass bricks and she's like look what i found and she had found like an actual dumpster full of fake glass bricks made out of plastic and then i later identified where they had come from was they were being used in a scene on scream queens oh i'm familiar uh so i have one of those i think we like all took one that's criminal um, that they would just throw them in the dumpster like that I know, you know, one man's trash. Exactly. Um, So I'm looking around at stuff that's like, there's glass blocks that are used in architecture and then there's glass blocks in landscaping. So in landscaping, they're used as like walkway edging. Um, So like for walkways, driveways, other stuff in the front of the house, basically, you know, basically uh, you got them as outdoor lighting um, to make like a waterproof uh, light. You can drill a hole through the bottom uh part of the pinterest thing to do uh there's brick and concrete fixtures uh where you can kind of build them into a pattern you can build raised flower beds using glass blocks which i thought was interesting um fire pits barbecues ponds hot tubs i wanted to see like if you let's let's all imagine we're in our dream house and the only requirement for having our dream house is you have to do something with glass brick What's that thing that you're going to do? Is it going to be in the uh, as part of the exterior? Is it going to be like inside of the house? Like your living room area is going to have a ton of glass brick going on. Where would you want it to exist in your dream home? Oh, I would have to do the the hot tub. I definitely have done <laughs> glass brick hot tub as a search many times. <laughs> um, and I have it in the bio for my, I have a Patreon for, I do some, just some individual independent podcasts on the Patreon called Molly's Sleazy Friends. And my like Patreon goal that I put in, I put in like some ridiculous amount where I was like, let's raise money to get me a a glass brick hot tub that I will do this podcast out of (laughs) when I reach this goal. Um, Haven't reached it yet, but you know, it's good to have a dream. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is could aim be, high. Could be aspirational, yeah. No, also like when that Drake video came out the other day, I was thinking it was funny. It was very Citizen Kane. Also, did you guys see the Drake video where he's dancing in his house? Yes. Yes. It's very Citizen Kane, but people were making fun of the aesthetic of his house because it's so cold and everything's marble and modernist. And I was like, mm, I kind of like it because <laughs> I also would have strip club lighting in my mansion if I were Drake. Yeah. I love strip club lighting. Yeah, his whole house definitely had the vibe of like, what if uh, the Venetian in Vegas was also full of naked people? And no, it was that's where I, I lived. Yeah, totally. I was like, looks like a casino. Again, don't hate that aesthetic at all. <laughs> better than boring to me it kind of looked like 
what a really expensive mansion would look like if somebody told a designer, I don't fucking care. I'm never going to be here. Yes. <laughs> so somebody just went like, great, I'm going to do everything I've ever wanted to do. And they just went nuts. Well, it's, like a, it's like a child's idea of luxury. Yeah. It's like a yeah. rich house, which the glass bricks are very much to me. It's like what my brother and I talk about is like the thing that like connoted glamour and mystery, like you said, to us as kids because they were in a lot of rich people's houses and you would just see crazy glass brick mansions. And we started making a mixtape series about it originally. That's how this kind of started. That was just like songs of the late eighties and early nineties from uh, 1960s and seventies artists. It's a very specific. Ooh, what's on that playlist? It's a lot of like later period Don Henley. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, some unplugged. We've done three of them so far, and the third one is live from the Universal Amphitheater. So it starts with like the Crosby, Stills, and Nash reunion in the eighties. Very good. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. It's it's also, but it's just fun to make something with your brother also, and just send each other songs that you know you both will be like, oh yeah, for sure, like this one. Hey, you know who did that? Billie Eilish. Yeah, man, she ripped off uh, our style. We're the original uh, siblings who (laughs) make music. No, but it's funny, too, because I feel like she and her brother, people are like, they're so close. It does seem a little flowers in the attic-y sometimes, especially also if they were homeschooled. But then I will think about it and be like, huh, but my brother and I are really close. (laughs) And he's my one of my best friends. So I grew up hating my brother, so I can judge them. And it is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think if you have a sibling of the opposite sex, it's different because it's like you're not ever in competition for any of the same things exactly. You can just start. That's true. You know, like people aren't comparing you to each other. Yes. Like maybe they are sometimes, but it's not like sisters or brothers. Yeah, I have a younger sister, and I think there was definitely that we weren't ever super competitive, but I do think that when we were growing up, there was a sense of like, well, which one will be the blank kind of sister? There was just these like questions that would get thrown out by family or close friends. Right. Everybody's like, like, who's the Jessica and who's the Elizabeth? Yeah. You're like, sweet Valley High. We can have two Elizabeths, I guess, (laughs) if we want. Why do we have, why is everything so binary? Um, (laughs) Yeah, my mom has three sisters. She is a full-on little women family. And it just seems like a whole other thing. Yeah, just like everybody is gossiping about each other (laughs) to each other. Yeah, I have a older brother and younger sister. And that dynamic sucks because you've got the older brother who's the alpha male. But then the younger sister who's like, baby girl. Are you the middle then, child? Yeah, and I'm in the middle, just like, well, I guess I'll do comedy and move to California one day. <laughs> Isn't that just classic Jan Brady? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think the more you have, the more kids there are, too. It's like the more positions there are to fill. Speaking of Jan yeah. Brady, have you guys ever been to the Brady house? No, I have not. Have you? I have. Well, I haven't been inside, but I've been on the outside, you know, like seen it. And it's been on the outside. Yeah. And I love the story of like Lance Bass trying to buy it. Yes. (laughs) And then like, I guess like he was going to buy it and the offer went in and like they told him yes. And then like 
HGTV came and like bought it out from under him just to do a reality show about renovating the Brady house. Somebody was saying the Brady interior furniture stuff that they sell is good. Really? <laughs> Peter Brady has a collection at like Walmart or Home Depot or something. And they were like, it's pretty good actually. Honestly, kind of smart. not surprising to me. Drew Barrymore has like a line at Walmart. And whenever I see pictures of it, I'm like, that's really cute. I can't speak to its hey. quality, but I'm like, hey, I, I, oh, no, I like, I respect her, her beauty line hustle. Cause it's also very Drew Barrymore. It's like vegan. And yes. Yeah. She, ha- she has a, uh, a moral standard that she's living up to, which I appreciate. Yeah, and Lauren Conrad's making bank at Kohl's with her collection. Yeah, selling you nothing. Don't selling worry about her. <laughs> selling you over. Selling you a pair of regular hoop earrings. Yeah, <laughs> nothing aesthetically pleasing or controversial, or even like not even comfortable. That's her brand. That's just, her brand. Just the most vanilla. Honestly, vanilla has more flavor than Lauren Conrad. That is her brand. No. It's just like the most, totally. the most basic shit possible. But, you know, yeah, you need I, basics every now and then. I saw one at uh, Kohl's when I was there back in December because no trip to Michigan is complete without Kohl's. And I remember seeing a duvet cover and just being like, why the fuck does Lauren <laughs> Conrad have her name on duvet covers? Like, when? Remember the hills? <laughs> Boy, do I. Did you guys see Kristen Cavallari was in the Bahamas for 25 days? Yes. Oh, with her hairdresser? During, yeah. During COVID? Reasonably? Yeah. Our friend Claire Downs was posting about it because it was kind of a conspiracy because I think they were pretending to be at home for part of it. And then it was oh. clearly like they had booked a spring break trip to the Bahamas and not canceled it. And then they were getting shamed. So they were like, no, no, we're home now. But they were not home. They were in the Bahamas. Wow. Yeah. Kristen. Yeah, Lauren wouldn't do that. No, Lauren has Lauren may be basic, but she has integrity. Kristen, however. Yeah. That to do that is indeed very cavalry. <laughs> um, how much do you think either of their houses is worth? At so this much point. Money. Cause like so much. Kristen Cavalier lives in Nashville because she's married to former football player Jake Cutler. Yeah, she's right. an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. She's an anti-vaxxer and somebody was like, do you think this pandemic will change her attitudes? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if either, if anybody from the Cast of the Hills or any of those shows, the Laguna Beach shows of MTV circa, what, 2004 to 2007, would buy a home with glass brick in it and how much that would go for. If that would make it better, if they would look at that glass brick and be like, tear it out. I don't understand it. Or would they appreciate it? I think Lauren, I think Lauren would like it. You know, we kind of shit on her for being plain, but I think she does have an eye for 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 stuff. I think if anyone She did go to the school. She got asked to go to Paris as an intern, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) She has an eye. And she didn't go to Paris because she believes in making her own call so yeah i think that she is a is a glass brick lover (laughs) (laughs) for all those reasons stated uh i did look up some like average glass block prices so angie's list 
uh, says that the average amount homeowners spend is about 700 bucks, and the lowest glass block installation price is 220 The highest is 1500 per window, which I was like, whoa! So it's not even necessarily the block that's expensive. It's how you install it, I guess. That's where they get you. Yeah. Like that's the- just like <laughs> getting the blocks... Uh, just like the $10 blocks before. It's getting, it's the shipping and handling, man. That's right. Not if you build your own uh, vegetable garden or whatever out of them. Then it's just home assembly. <laughs> that's true. That's that's true. Um, how do you guys feel about colored glass blocks versus the clear ones? Love yeah, it. Google a picture. Well, I love it. And they've made so many advances in the technology with LEDs now. You can do all sorts of silly Vegas shit with it that I'm a big fan of. Uh, oh, yeah, I like this. I'm looking. It used to be I, neon. I used to be, they, you know, they, they take light like neon so well. But now with LEDs, there's just no limit to what you can do. And you do see there's like LED displays that basically look like glass bricks. There's one on the side of the Galleria Mall in Glendale. That is just like a program, some kind. It looks like a screensaver or something, but it's it's like pixel art because it's just like different color glass bricks and they're changing colors in like an ombre. Yeah, I've seen that. It's very impressive. I'm trying to think of like how to program these brick, like what to spell it. Cause you need enough to make it so that you can see it. Cause even if it's in a small window, it's like, that's going to limit what you can do artistically versus having like a huge wall of these glass blocks with LEDs in them to be able to kind of create a more fantastical setup. I guess I'm thinking of it in like theme park terms. Like if you were going to build sure, a giant, yeah. a giant set to be part of some like nighttime spectacular show, like how <laughs> much block would you need and how many oh. led lights and like how much programming would be involved like that. That's an investment, but honestly I'm here for it because it's so pretty. <laughs> um, I do like them in this like teal green color. In particular, like the pinks and purples I like, but I don't love. But those like ocean colors really, uh, oh, yeah. really send me flying. I'm like, oh, that's it just it's so calming. And uh, even if it is, as you pointed out, like something that maybe people are sick of or already gone through. I'm like, you know what? Let's bring this part back, especially. Yeah, I like the I like the blues the best. I think the blue hues work the best because it's already kind of like you know, skyish window blue works the best as a, as a natural kind of glass color. I feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I had a quote. Are there any home, home interest? What are the elements of home decorating that you guys feel passionately about that you would have in your dream house? Um, I like lights. I like, uh, I like lighting. And, uh, now with like having a Google home and Wi-Fi lighting and stuff like that, I like playing with like color, like light schemes. So that's, that's a new fun thing for me. So when you're talking about like glass bricks, I'm like, oh man. Uh, I feel like maybe I'll do all my windows. (laughs) Uh, in thinking about sort of dream home stuff, I am a big fan of, uh, anything that looks like, an abandoned sea shack in Northern California. Like just lots of woods, lots of natural light. Ooh, I love uh, that. Lots Driftwood. Of, yeah, like lots of open shelving. Uh, just making it seem like you're kind of away from everything. You're away from the city. You're, you're just sort of living in the moment in the forest. Uh, and 
I think Glass Block fits into that. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, what is her name? She okay. Oh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson is the one who did like a very recent Architectural Digest video. And oh, yeah. I feel like there might have been house. some glass block in that house, I want to say, but maybe not. I do remember she had to like redo her like a window in her kitchen or something to like let light in a certain way. And the entire interview was kind of bonkers because she's just sort of like, la la la, here's here's where I, it was like some part of it where she's in the backyard and she's like, here's where I buried my dog. Over here is the pool. And she's just like not taking a beat in between any of these things. <laughs> I saw a little bit of that and I did think, wow, she has a really nice house. Yes, it was really, really nice, but it didn't seem ostentatious. And to me, no. that's, that's what I want. Like, I don't need she- to live inside a cheesecake factory. I need to live in a place that I can live in. Yeah, she's a good actress, too. I have seen all those Fifty Shades movies, and she is so much better in them than there's any reason to be. Yeah, um, I loved Bad Times at the El Royale, and she's great in that, Yeah, too. Her, her one uh, bad taste marker is that she's dating Chris Martin. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> That's I'm going to take that audio and make that my ringtone. It's just Steve going, oh, no. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Oh. 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 Okay. Something that uh, I think bodes well in Glassblock's favor in terms of becoming popular again is the fact that it's really energy efficient. It uh, is able to has an insulating value that's equal to a double pane thermal window. Uh, yeah, I think that's also p- part of the reason they were in factories is they were practical for that reason as well. I like I like knowing that they insulate because one thought I had when you were talking about like an ideal thing to do with glass bricks would be. If I lived somewhere northern where there was snow, I'd love to have an igloo room that was just all the walls and ceiling was glass brick. And now that I know that simply lighting a fire could insulate it. um, (laughs) But then it's also like, well, then I don't know. I guess maybe I would rather have windows than glass bricks for a whole wall because then you can't see outside. I put something in the Night Call newsletter recently about ice hotels, which are basically your natural glass bricks. Oh, yes. Um, Mother Earth. Those ice and snow hotels in, I think, Sweden. Yes, they were really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're also doing amazing things with LEDs now and just like the the things they make now. There's a bunch of snow festivals that I check out. I also like the idea of that, of something that melts. Like a, uh, like a, we have those in Michigan too. We have <laughs> ice festivals where you carve, you know, giant figures out of ice, and then if you go too late, you just watch them all, and they're like melted. Oh, that sounds amazing. See this yeah. again. We don't don't have ice festivals. You're really making. Should I move to Michigan? Sounds um, yeah. Like I a, think honestly, like uh, in terms of like career and stuff, Scream Four did film in my hometown, so I can't say there's no entertainment opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scream Four is a really good movie, so I'm yeah. proud. Having yeah. grown and up, I am. Sorry. Uh, 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, having grown up in Southern California, I, too, am jealous of, like, all snow-related things. And I know people from the Midwest and back east who are like, yeah, the last thing you want to do is, like, be around snow for more than, like, a day. And I'm like, but I kind of do. I do miss storms. I miss when it's, like, a hot summer day and then the clouds roll in. And I miss, like, it being cold and windy. And I like I like when it snows, but yeah, some people I like- just don't, yeah. I like this rain that we've been getting right now here. Yeah. It's also nice when you don't have to deal with it too much. Like when you get the novelty of it and then it goes away. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I found it really enchanting for the first two years of college. And then the second two years I was like, Oh, it's really cold. And already I think it was, it just like never became spring the year I graduated. And I was like, you know what? Maybe fuck this a little bit. (laughs) Now it's been so long since I live somewhere cold that I'm like, you know, romanticizing it again. Like, Ooh, this oh, for like- sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be home in Michigan and it'll be 10 degrees and I'll fucking hate it, but I can sit here and be like, Oh, I miss cool. those chilly days of putting on my scarf. Yeah. 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 I and never say that when I'm, I'm never in Michigan being like, gosh, I can't wait to go outside and experience that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at look at it outside. 20 degrees. Man, I can't wait to get out there. Doesn't this feel like a feel like a snow day? Oh, yes. It's one perpetual snow day for like the next three months. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I said when like school started closing. I was like, this is exactly this is like waiting for a snow day on a global scale where everyone's just like, oh, is it going to is it is it us next? Oh, what school district now? Oh, what? What what's closed now? What sports team now? Like just watching everybody kind of like announce it was very reminiscent of another thing that you guys didn't get, which was snow day mornings. Man, oh yeah, I was so jealous of that. I, th- I thought it was yeah. super unfair. I was like, there should be just a day that you get. Yeah, if there's a certain amount, you have to make them up. If it's more than like three, I think you have to make them up. See, that sucks. I would be mad in the yeah. spring then. Yeah, but, but if you got that too. Those two free days? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I don't it, think I ever um, had to make any up. We had time off up in for like earthquakes. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes there would be smog that was so bad and play outside. So we would just have to play oh. in the auditorium. Oh. Yeah, I yeah, do feel like had, uh, um, rain would, if it was a torrential downpour, it would force everybody inside and it would be like, okay, everything's canceled. We're going to watch cool runnings or whatever. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely had a lot of indoor recess. Like the gym, the school gym was just set up for indoor recess. Uh, see, we didn't have that. It was just you didn't get one because everything was what? built outside. So it would just be like, then well, you you're do? inside. You're just stuck inside playing heads up seven up or like everybody <laughs> grab a book. Was that the name of the game? Everybody grab a book. <laughs> <laughs> the ga- hey, hello, I'm Mr. Scholastic. <laughs> We're going to play a fun game I just made up now. <laughs> um, what are the rules? Oh, yeah, I have I have a bunch of books that I will definitely make money from. And then you grab one and then you pay me at the end. <laughs> Okay, are you sure this isn't a book fair? Nope, not a book fair. Not a book fair at all. Just a fun little game for the kids. Your kid. Because I love reading. Oh, good. You don't have to trick. 
You don't have to trick me. This is like a, uh, a bead of sweat that comes down his forehead as he doesn't know what to do. And he's just like, uh, 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 and then uh, hops away in like a flying contraption, like from Wizard of Oz. It's just like, okay, everybody, make sure to read. How come every podcast episode ends up being Nadia brainstorming char- characters? <laughs> And not just characters, but like uh, splendiferous Zeppelin adventure type characters. <laughs> I've never been in a hot air balloon. They kind of terrify me. Like, they, like when I look me at too. how rickety the basket is, I'm just like, I don't know. This seems like a disaster waiting to happen. Oh, there's that movie. There's that like scary hot air balloon movie I keep seeing commercials for on Amazon. Oh, yeah. That came out over Christmas. Oh, the I, one that's yeah. like a woman can't be a balloonist. Yes, they yeah. talk about that on. They talk about it on Who Weekly a lot. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, the, what is it? The air, the aeronauticals, or something like that. See the aeronauts. Yeah. That's yes. It. Uh, yeah. It. Yeah. It's got a. It seems like if it was made in the '60s, it would star James Mason. Like that's the only I mean, thing I got out of it. It gets my attention because I am, for a brief moment, kind of like, wow, balloon. That balloon is that are, they're all icy, you know. Like it does for a moment make me think this could be exciting, but never <laughs> enough to actually watch it. But like she's climbing on top of the balloon that's all covered in ice. Like I don't know. I think I might Google um, the page and and read what happens in it. I think it's yeah, yeah. Enough. Find I out. owe them. I owe them that. <laughs> find out if a woman can find out if a woman can be a balloonist. Yeah. I'll have to see how it ends if she ends up ballooning. Spoiler alert, I think she can be. <laughs> I I hope she can be. Is that feminism? Whether a woman can be a balloonist? I think that's what Twitter thinks feminism is. It, I think that's, yeah. Definitely. I think that's it. <laughs> that and Hermione Granger. Anyway, so um, there's a ton of glass block buildings and uh famous examples of architecture where they use glass block i wanted to know if you had been to any of these on purpose molly or like you know of any of the other ones that aren't just uh are in and out of la there's one in michigan steve i don't know if you know that one what the michigan Is it state Deluca's? it's not no. <laughs> it's what the lucas i was wondering if it was deluca's italian restaurant because <laughs> that's where i would always go as a kid and when i think of glass bricks i think of their walls no unfortunately well that that probably is one but and that should be on the list but the one that i'm seeing listed is the michigan state Capitol. has a ton of glass block on the floor oh wow in this go go green yeah People started sending me photos on Twitter at a certain point. Uh, mm-hmm. I asked for people to send me their glassbrick photos, and I got a lot of people's local photos. And it turns out, all over the world, everywhere. Um, and there's a house somewhere by the architect Renzo Piano that's made entirely out of glass bricks. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That that is the one I would want to see. Yeah, he has. He built a uh, a Hermé store in Tokyo as well. That's like got a bunch of glass brick. I think it's one of his favorite things to do. Honestly, um, there's also uh, there's uh, the Maison de Verre for which means House of Glass, which is in Paris. Uh, there's the Ibrox Stadium in Glasgow, uh, and then there's Raphael's Refuge outside of Flatonia, Texas. I don't have any more information on Raphael's Refuge, but I'm very intrigued just on name alone. 
Let me do some. Oh Googling. yeah. Same. Uh, I say quickly, quickly Google. It is Glasgow. More like glass. Go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about skipping that, but. No, I think it can't because Raphael's Refuge is has the mission to build and maintain a memorial in honor of babies bored and unbored. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Like for, for both miscarriages and abortions, but there's a lot of glass brick in those photos. Hmm. Oh, hmm. I thought you said bored and not bored. <laughs> And these children that are <laughs> these children. Now that I just are see like a board. one of those late night TV commercials where they ask you to donate money. Like it's Sarah McLaughlin singing "Angel," and then it's just bored, bored babies. <laughs> <laughs> just like Blaz, just totally over it. Yeah. It's rolling their eyes. Ten cents a day. Baby. You Ooh, can baby, make this baby boring. not bored. <laughs> Um, what about other like types of glass? Like we've talked a lot about glass brick itself and buildings with it, but what about say like stained glass or mosaics? Are you attracted to that kind of thing? Or is it specifically just the kind of glass brick that you would find in an eighties Coke house? Who doesn't love, uh, stained glass? Stained glass is great. It's beautiful. Um, It's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd want a house with entirely glass walls unless I lived in a church. And then, sure. Yeah. It's more intricate and it's a little more of a thing versus glass block, which is just like, oh, I could live here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Stained glass is a whole production. <laughs> you know what it is? Glass block is just like somebody who likes acting and stained glass is a theater kid. There you mm. go. There you it's go. It's too much. It's a lot. Yeah. And it's not that it's not beautiful and it's not that it's not stunning and it's not that it's not worth looking at. It's just a lot. It's yeah. A lot going on. Um, compared to uh you know, like something like the Crown Fountain in Chicago, which is two giant glass brick towers. Have either of you been to that? Uh-uh. Um, Where is it? The in Chicago, the Crown Fountain. No, no uh, I have not. I haven't been to Chicago yet. Uh, it's basically it's this interactive work of public art uh, in sh- uh, Millennium Park, and um, it's not that. Oh, old. It's like, the face fountain. Yes, it's fucking those are. Oh God. Oh, I have no- <laughs> nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but another great example of using LEDs because apparently that whole thing is just glass block. Oh, it is. (laughs) Let me explain to you this fountain. It is a bunch of glass blocks, I guess. Um, But the the fountain is just this giant image of a person's face. And the face, it'll change to different faces. And every so often, the face will kind of like pucker up. And then water will come out of its mouth. Mm. Um, So it is just... It is a, it is a, it's appalling. <laughs> um, so I did not know. I never knew that those were glass blocks. But Apparently so. I could be wrong. Could be used for evil as well as good. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the truth with everything? 
powerful. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that just make it even more alluring? In my opinion, yes. Oh, I just I hate those fountains so much. <laughs> God, I just associate them with like living in Chicago in the summer and it being so hot and miserable and having to walk so much and then just seeing all these people walking around barefoot in this disgusting water that is designed to look like somebody's spitting it on you. It's designed to look like you're being gleeked on. It's disgusting. I like how this is your taxi driver. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is the hill I'm going to die on. (laughs) No. Crown Fountain. And why is it called Crown Fountain? Well, also the beans, not even really, it's really called Cloud Gate. So of course, Crown Fountain doesn't make any sense either. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I feel feel like I could ask more questions, but also I could end there because I can't stop stop laughing at, okay, I'm done. (laughs) 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 Molly Lambert, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to talk about... I have so many things. It was hard to decide which which stupid thing I'm obsessed with to talk about, but I'm really glad that you guys see the glory of glass bricks. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, is there anything that you? And like if to- you don't, you're an idiot. <laughs> and also, fuck that fountain. Fuck that fucking fountain. Yeah, except that fucking fountain. God. Sometimes it'll go like all blue, and then it looks very pretty. Um, but otherwise, for the most part, it's just an ugly fucking montage of faces anyway sorry i said i was done is there anything that you'd like to plug at this time uh check out night call on the iheart radiocast network a dystopian call-in show and yeah that's it i'm also doing some one-off pods on my other account molly sleazy friends on patreon check it out and where can people find you on line and twitter and such you can find me on Twitter at Molly Lambert, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and at that Patreon for Molly Sleazy Friends. Amazing. So, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for coming, and may your future be filled with glass bricks. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.